You're listening to the Guitar Heroes Podcast. Okay, well, we're live. We are live. We are live now. We are live. I think so. Um, anyone listen, welcome to episode 12 of the Guitar Heroes Podcast. And with me, as always, I have Mr. Phil Walker. Yeah, here, present. <laughs> Not watching <laughs> oh. any wildlife today. Well, apparently I'm not watching any more wildlife, although it is on again, starting again tonight, isn't it? Yeah, it's on for two weeks, so I'm missing Winter Watch again. Have we conveniently scheduled our weekly podcast for the exact time of day that you want to watch Winter Watch or whatever it is? Well, it's not on that often. You see, they've got Spring Watch, um, uh, Autumn Watch, Winter Watch, you see, and Mm. um, it's, yeah, it only happens like very, very rare. Um, what like uh, every Tuesday at around eight o'clock when we're filming this? <laughs> they usually they either do a week or <laughs> a week or a couple of weeks, and yeah, it, it just so happens that yeah, it's eight o'clock there. But I'll watch it on catch up. It'll be a bit crappy, but it won't be. You know, I'll, I'll cope. I'm a professional. I'll rise above it. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Lee Williams, hello. Hello. Good evening. I was itching it to do it. that. <laughs> you always seem to play that. Actually, you always you always do those chords. You have yeah, a you have like just a itching. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. I discovered those many many moons ago when I was travelling through Spain. No, I didn't. But I love it. Anyway, more importantly, never mind that. What are we all drinking? Uh, I'm on the uh, Shiraz tonight. I thought you were going to say Sherry. What are you ninety? <laughs> Uh, what you want, Lee? Oh, um, Chris? Uh, well, I'm uh, drinking a little stubby, but it's poured into a, an Ikea glass, so it looks a little a bit stubby. more glamorous. It's Put your trousers on, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Stop, messing. Stop playing with your stubby. <laughs> As usual, I'm on pot. <laughs> yes. And I've been since about two o'clock this afternoon. It's now eight. <laughs> and myself, anyway. Chris Taylor. Hello. Um, so Hello. I thought today we could... Um, diversify or add a little bit um of a different direction with the podcasts um mm. and in this episode and future episodes it'd be cool to just talk about our favorite intros and solos and perhaps um, give us an opportunity to learn some new material as well i like the challenge of learning some new stuff and um uh, but this episode specifically today is about acoustic guitars as you probably heard from lee's performance a little earlier the spanish chords oh <laughs> yes. And I thought we could, today we could just talk about um, you know our favorite intro acoustic riffs or favorite acoustic riffs or songs, um, the guitars we use in the show, and perhaps a little bit about the sounds that we've got. Um, I'm I'm not going to dive into too much historic detail on the acoustic guitar because we don't have time. Um, but just a quick rundown or just a brief history. Um, the guitar, as we know, obviously played a. <laughs> That was me getting rid of my notes. <laughs> you don't want another history lesson, I'll get rid of them. Oh man, it, it, there might be some important information or no, something uh, fun to add in there. I'm joking. Um, but the guitar, the acoustic guitar, as we know, obviously played a consistent, uh, pivotal role in music history. Um, traditionally known as a an accompanying instrument, uh, which we saw uh, really come into its own in the 60s with the folk explosion, with artists including Joni Mitchell, uh, James Taylor, Neil Young. Um, but I think uh, jumping forward to the 90s, I think, is where the acoustic guitar really come into its own and influence the whole new movement of acoustic music, which we saw with MTV Unplugged. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I really love songs, you know, big band songs stripped down to just acoustic performances. And um, we we hear that with uh, big, big artists like Alice in Chains, uh, Bon Jovi and even Eric Clapton. Yeah. Uh, and, you know. I, I love I love those just hearing those songs the bare bones of those songs, um, and like I said, this really influenced um, a whole new movement of acoustic music. And I think even in recent years, with artists including Ed Sheeran, um, you know, the acoustic guitar came to the forefront and became really kind of um, uh, the main component of all his songs. Uh, and obviously, that fused with. Uh, modern technology such as looping and effects you see a one-man show turn into a full-on stadium event mm. you know uh, so the acoustic guitar has taken quite quite a journey um from from the 60s and obviously it goes way back further but we don't have time for that and i thought we could just touch upon kind of our thoughts with the acoustic you know what we love about it what we don't um 
Yeah. So anyone want to jump in with some ideas? Well, uh, I think just to add to what you said there, definitely the uh, the possibilities these days. Oh, sorry, endless, guys. Oh, sorry. Hmm. Sorry, I'm back with you. I fell asleep. Oh, yeah. oh, did you fall asleep? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. We can tell Phil doesn't, like <laughs> Phil doesn't like acoustic. <laughs> you, you, Put yeah, it this sorry. way. Uh, Phil owns 35 electric guitars or something and one acoustic. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Two. Two, all right. Yeah. It kind of yeah. says it all, really. Um, where yeah. was I? Yeah, I was uh, th- these days. But actually, on that point, I mean, there's things these days that you can do to kind of, if you're a primarily an electric guitar player, you can make your acoustic guitar playing more exciting. I mean, just sat here setting up for this podcast today. I'm running through the Helix like we do every week. But there's no reason why you can't just turn off the amp models and use the effects. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm running through... I'm running through my my electric guitar pedals, my reverbs and delays, and for me that's always like an endless source of inspiration just to kind of play your acoustic but stick some crazy sounds on it. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe you could try (laughs) that, Phil. (laughs) I I would. I'm too bored. I would. I would. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, whatever you said, delays and stuff, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Come on, Phil. No, a little I, bit I, of enthusiasm. I, Come on. I, uh, do you know what? Do you know what? Yeah, uh, uh, acoustics to me are just boring. I'm sorry. They are they're, they're amazing players and and stuff. And 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 one of my favourite guitar players, acoustic, is Tommy Emmanuel. And um, I, I know he definitely uses all six strings at once sometimes. So he does. He's, he's really good. He's <laughs> really good. Um, but uh, but yeah uh, acoust- uh, yeah acoustics are boring to me so but i have to make them interesting you're right lee so mm. um yeah and I've, i'm actually just plugging direct into my um into my interface i've got no effects or anything apart from what's on my guitar which is quite so you're interesting not, you're not going through the helix at all tonight nope ah. no i've just plugged plugged straight in. do you know what i'm playing yeah go for it do you yeah, absolutely okay what have you well, got? Um, well, I've got two acoustic guitars. I used to have three, but three just bored me senseless, so I got rid of one. So I've got a... Firewood. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've got um, my favourite acoustic guitar, which is my Gretsch White Falcon acoustic. Um, uh-huh. And Jamie, my, my other half, bought me that for my 40th birthday. So I don't gig it. Cause About 30 just, years ago. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's in really good condition. Yeah, um, so yeah, so that's kind of my favourite one. I used to gig it, and and I, I don't know. I've just had too many guitars being knocked off stands, and I was, that's that's one that I just treasure. Mm. Um, and I'm the, and now I've got my um, Yamaha Trans Acoustic, which um, I got through the um, obviously we're endorsed through the show um, with Yamaha, and they gave me this. And this is um, this is really cool because it's it's actually it's got built-in reverb. Um, room and hall reverb and built-in chorus, but you don't need to plug it in to get that. You can you can actually get that through the sound hole. Um, I remember coming over to Yorksville pre-COVID. Mm. This was and trying that. I, I literally blown away. I, I couldn't understand what was yeah. happening at that time. It's uh, it's you know, I've never experienced anything like that with an acoustic and. Yeah, me neither. It's, uh, it's something yeah. special, that is. isn't it? It's it's, it's bonkers. It is. It's a very very strange experience when you play it the first time. But it sounds really good plugged in as well, because um, uh, Martin at Yamaha was trying to get me to get something else. Um, he mm. said, because predominantly you use it plugged in. And I said, yeah, but, you know, I want something that is just really cool, you know, that, is, that you can kind of show off a bit as well with and, and surprise people. Um, so, th- th- yeah, I mean, I've got, um, I'll just put a bit of room reverb. This is coming from the guitar. Okay, so it's... <laughs> And then I'll put a bit more, a bit of hall on. You can have loads as much as you want. Yeah. Which I think is cool. And then yeah, I'm going to do great. it. I'm going to do it. Don't oh hold no. me back. Anybody. Oh no. Don't hold me back. Don't I'm going to put go some chorus, chorus on. Oh no. I'm going, ready? Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, none of that. Yeah, we none go. of that. <laughs> <laughs> it could, could be worse. It could be. Did I just do jazz then? <laughs> That's Chris's corner. That's coming up later. <laughs> After too much port, obviously. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, um, acoustic guitars, uh, they've got to be interesting to me. My white falcon just looks like a big Wurlitzer organ. You know, those big white and mm. gold Wurlitzer organ. It just, it's yeah. just so exciting. It looks like one of Elvis's like outfit, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> especially when I play it. You know, fat Elvis. 
definitely. <laughs> will, will it ever definitely. make it to to a sh- to a gig, Phil? Will it, to a show? I used to gig it. Yeah, I used to I used to take it on the road. I've used it in the story of Guitar Heroes. Um, I used it for about a year in that, and then um, obviously I kind of, I you know for a while there I was having guitar techs and there's sort of bits of damage happening to guitars as they, mm-hmm. as they do. You know, not nobody's fault. It just on the road. You know, things happen on the road and. I kind of went, oh, I don't want this one to get damaged. I like it too much. So, mm. you know, and that's when the, ya- well, that is luckily the Yamaha came along. That is one of the things, isn't it, that um, is, is definitely an issue with acoustic guitars. It's just their their fragility. If you're a touring musician mm. with an acoustic, I mean, we worry enough about our electric guitars, but the mm. acoustic side of things, really <laughs> susceptible to humidity and temperature changes. And obviously we yeah. travel all seasons of the year. They're in the van, they're in and out of theatres. It, mm. it is a it is a concern especially and it's almost the case i yeah. found that the nicer the instrument like you know the higher end it is it's almost the more delicate it is because you pay for that yes. really really high quality solid wood the tops get yeah. even thinner uh, the bracing gets lighter so that it all becomes more resonant but in that mm. you actually mm. get a more delicate instrument the cheap stuff that's kind of plasticky and thick you know the tops are thick and the bracing's rock solid there's loads of glue they are never going to move, but if you've got a really nice acoustic guitar, it is something to to look after. Because I've seen a few that have been ruined. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, yeah, I've seen yeah. a few that have been ruined by Weymouth. There was one guy in particular who came in and he bought, I forget what brand it was, but it, he hadn't had it long. And that's always when they're worst, when they're new, because they're still settling down. And mm. he brought it in and the top of it had just turned into like the top of the ocean it was just wavy oh, wow. oh, and we goodness. said we said do you, do you live anywhere by the sea by any chance he said yeah i live right down on the seafront in weymouth do you keep this guitar out of its case yeah yeah i do have you got double glazing no no old listed building and it was like oh he, the list went on and on and it was like <laughs> yeah right leave it with us I mean, next to a radiator uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to yeah. go with a guarantee with that then, because I mean, obviously you can't, you, you know, uh, yeah, if you uh, buy this guitar, but you mustn't, uh, you must always have double glazing. You can't live near the sea, and otherwise you can't have it. You know, you can't. Well, say that, well, can no, you? it's it's not. I mean, th- that was an extreme case. It's it's not that you know the average person who lives by the sea is going to have these issues. But if you've got a high end acoustic guitar and you've bought it new and the, you know it's still opening up and it's still settling down, then there is a certain degree of care that you have to take with it. We always recommended the um the humidity like the humidifier packs that you can put in the case if you're in any way unsure about the humidity in your house and the uh, if you have any issues with moisture damp anything like that it's always best to just keep the acoustics in the case um because you have a warranty but like anything if it's clearly uh you know through fault of your own through something that you've done i.e. where you've kept it or how it's been stored the warranty is going to be void and in extreme cases like that one it's pretty easy to tell when it's a, a manufacturing issue or whether it's a, a user issue and this just sounded like it had been kept in a rickety old house that was very very damp hadn't been in its case at all and unfortunately over six months it had just suffered and um, I think we did our best there's things you can do to kind of reverse that you can dry them out you can you can brace them in certain ways to kind of straighten them but particularly with old acoustic guitars as well if they if they've been heavily worn you because of the string tension on the top there's something like a six stone of tension or something pulling when the strings are at full tension and if you imagine that pulling, i get that when i put a tight t-shirt on <laughs> i know exactly how it feels <laughs> you imagine that tension just pulling continuously on the top uh, okay. it, it it causes the uh, it causes the back of the bridge to lift up uh, which forces the the top <coughs> around the sound hole to kind of dip in and you get this like what we call bellying which is yeah anyway getting quite nervous. you see then again here we go you know don't bother with acoustics just buy a telecaster (laughs) too much high maintenance (laughs) i tell you what just don't bother with acoustics that'll be the moral i'll buy a yamaha moral of the episode don't buy an acoustic it's interesting because (laughs) i I had my eyes set on a uh takamini you know uh the the model that bon jovi and um oh i remember a plastic Uh, one that's the one yeah but um you know i just there's no wood in uh, that. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, there we go. Um, so, absolutely, I've got three on sale. Well, they probably two now. Um, uh, but I would probably just sold four, on it, obviously. I love... Someone's brought one back. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously, they've moved over to yours. And even the one I've got now, and actually, it just... Yeah, I think you're right. I, it sounded great. It felt great to play. But there was like a plasticky sort of... Um, 
uh, feeling to it. Um, and yeah, I think sometimes when you go for an acoustic, sometimes you do have to spend a little bit more or go to someone like Yamaha. I think, yeah, you know. I, I think the I think that if we're talking in terms of price and what you get for your money, I think the differences in, in acoustic guitar is more evident and, and far greater than it is with an electric guitar because electric guitar is so much down to all the different components uh, all the hardware, you can swap the all the, You can swap all those out, can't you? Uh, yeah, with an and acoustic, you, you're only exactly. left with the, the wood that you've got and the quality in which it's all put together. You can't yeah. do anything about that. You can't do much to change the fundamental build of an acoustic guitar, and that's where so much of the sound, the resonance, and the tone is is created. So, yeah, you can swap out pickups in your Strat. You can put some. You can even put a new neck on your Strat. You can put new tuners. You can do all this with an acoustic. Like, yeah, you can. You can get some pretty snazzy pickups to put in them if you're an if you're an electric player, a live player. But really, that that raw tone is it is what it is. It, it, it is they yeah. say they they say they get better with age once you play them in, and there's that's probably true to an extent. But you can't buy a fifty quid acoustic guitar, play it to death, and expect it to sound like a two grand no. guitar. You know, it's just. So um, do you think it matters? You honestly think it matters? Uh, that all depends on the player, I guess. It all depends on... It's all relative to what you want out of your instrument, isn't it? That's what I always said. If if you can play a £300 acoustic guitar and love it, then great. Go for it. Like I, I say, I say, if you've got a couple of grand to spend on an acoustic guitar, the best thing you can probably do is spend 1800 quid on a Telecaster or a Strat and then go down, <laughs> the, go, go down the second-hand shop and oh, spend the rest of it on an acoustic. Come on, go. Phil. Uh, th- you know, that actually surprises me because al- although, although you're a very hard worker and we love being out on the road, but you are also a creature of comfort and you do love getting home and just nesting in your house. And I, That's, for me, where the acoustic guitar comes alive. I love uh, nothing more yeah. than... Once we've we've been out and we've we've done the loud rock show and and it's all hot and sweaty and lights and all that stuff, it's just something very humbling and very nice about just coming home and playing your acoustic guitar in the comfort of your own home. I can maybe agree a nice more. glass of port and just kind of just relaxing. Do you not find that at all, Phil? I usually find that when I get home, I put all my guitars away and um, get my camera Turn on out the wildlife and channel. Nice <laughs> go, on, go on a nice walk. <laughs> Take my dog out. Me and Jay go on a nice walk in the countryside somewhere. Yeah, that's yeah. more relaxing to me. No, but I, I mean, yeah. I, I agree with you, Lee. Actually, um, uh, I, I actually keep my acoustic tuned down a whole step, so it's uh, the tone's a lot deeper. I find it just mellows me for the evening mm. and kind of really settles me down, especially after coming. You're in not, you're not drinking enough, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you know that could be a you factor. That could be a factor. But see, uh, Phil, I, you I do. you enjoy a you enjoy a staycation, don't you? Uh, COVID or or no COVID, like. During normal times, you would quite often go on a staycation. What's and, that? Uh, What's that? <laughs> <laughs> and that for, again, that for me, that's the prime time that I love to take my acoustic. If you've got a weekend away, I grab the yeah. acoustic, I take it with me, and that's a real nice way to to just kind of relax. And there's something just uh, very, I don't know, focusing about having no other toys to play with. When you've got your computer, you've got your, your Helix, you've got all your stuff to play with. You can kind of get bogged down in that, but when it's just you and your acoustic guitar, mm. you know, I find that a very yeah. grounding experience. Like that, um, that chord you played earlier, Lee. Like you know, you could play that on a on an electric guitar, but oh, I was going to say that minor nine chord you did play. Oh, I'm yeah. tuned. I'm tuned a whole step lower than you, but on an acoustic, yeah. that just sounds great. And those sort of tones, you know, you can't achieve that on on an electric guitar. It just it doesn't have the warmth. Obviously, there's the contact and the vibrations of the acoustic and everything that contributes to kind of mellowing yourself out and mm. just enjoying yourself and not really thinking too much about playing so much, just enjoying the sound of a of a guitar. Definitely, you know? there's that th- that's that's a big thing as well. Just that thing of just kind of being fascinated by sound and very often you can just like you said, Chris, just play some nice chords and just. There's a there's an acoustic thing happening in the room, isn't there? It's like if you play a nice yes. grand piano, there's something physical happening in the room. Yes. That yeah. um yeah, just never for me never gets old. But maybe we should go back to your guitar Phil and just explain because mm. I don't think it quite comes across on the podcast what what is exactly happening there because people are hearing a recorded sound. But the sound that you heard of Phil's guitar with the reverb and the chorus, you'd actually hear that in the room. Let me see if I can do an experimentation here, guys. Okay. All right. Okay. So this is um, that's that's the um, that's the acoustic plugged in. Okay. And I'm just going to mute the guitar, and I'm going to 
I'll have to unplug it, otherwise we'll get a nasty bang, so that's gone. Okay. I've got to turn it on, hang on, I've got to hold my knob down for a minute. <laughs> Once you've done that, okay. trousers. Okay, so I'm just going to stick my um, <laughs> my talking... What was that? <laughs> I said, once, <laughs> once you've done that, put your trousers back on. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know I've got any on? <laughs> um, so Good I'm going to just stick my, my voice mic, which is... Um, it's an SM57 with okay. a pop shield on there. I'm just going to stick it in front of the sound hole, okay? There we go. Okay. So this is the sound in the room. Okay, so now I'm going to turn the guitar off. So now it's just going to go acoustic guitar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there we go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that came. Yeah, that came across. I think it, so if cool. you look inside it, it's got some sort of, it's got some sort of Japanese tech, hasn't it? They essentially turned the the back of the guitar into a speaker. That's right. They, they call it an actuator. Wow. What, whatever one of those. An actuator, Do you know what the um so. what the model of that guitar is? In case anyone wants to go and try one, when the uh, yeah, shop's open. On. Yes, this is the Yamaha Transacoustic LSTA. And obviously, there no one go. can see this, but that's a a sun that's mm. a sunburst finish. Oh, is that like a cherry burst or something? Or <laughs> something like that, I can't yeah. I can't really tell. It's very very reminiscent of an old Gibson sort of burst in it, the J forty five. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it's it's a lovely bit of wood. It really is. I mean, all the sides and the back, um, and the neck is is really really nice. I love the neck on it. Um, the binding. I, I looks love nice everything as well. about this guitar. It's just really really nice guitar. Um, mm. And it it, it it wasn't um, it wasn't chosen or anything like that. I, it just you know it just arrived, kind of thing. So um, and it came out of the box and it was just brilliant. Um, and it's been brilliant for the last three four years that I've had it. Mm, um, yeah. But this is I think this is the this is kind of the top of the range model. But all the ele- all the electrics are the same on all of the models. Um, it's just like the different woods and finishes and tuners and and things like that that vary. Um, I, d- I didn't necessarily go for out for the top of the range. It just you know that's just sort of what came really. That but was the um, one. Yeah, yeah, beautiful guitar. I really I, I really do like it for an acoustic. Yamaha have always made good acoustics, and and if there's yes. one thing you can say about Yamaha is their production is is really consistent. So you you, you don't have to struggle to find one that's like that's good. You, you know, they're not that brand. Well, we've got a Revstar in the show. Uh, is it the mm. RS620 Revstar? And that, nothing's been done to that. It's still got the same strings on it because it came with Elixirs. And we've had that for uh, over a year now in the show, and it's just brilliant. Nothing's been done to it. It came out of the box. Perfect. Brilliant. We are getting a lot of uh, plugs in tonight. We should be getting some sponsorship for this, fellas. <laughs> we've done Shaw. Yeah. We've done Yamaha. <laughs> we've done Line 6. We've done Elixir. <laughs> yeah. Paracetamol. So, Phil, I know, obviously, you... Um, <laughs> you, you you, you said you uh you know you find the acoustic boring but going back uh, a few weeks or maybe a couple of months you were talking about um the gig you did with Wayne and uh how much you enjoyed the the Gibson acoustic that he's got and you I think ah, you said yeah. um this is like the best acoustic I've ever seen was uh, I can't remember was that a J45 was it um J45 deluxe I think it was yeah um yeah it 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 was one of those um it's basically J forty five, but it just had a, a bit of a nicer um, headstock, and I'm not quite sure what the difference was. Um, but when you plug it in, it just sounds like it's mic'd up. Mm. I, I mean, I, I was a bit annoyed about the frets, to be honest. You know, a bit sharp in places. That I think that's a quality control thing that Gibson have always had an issue with, haven't they? Yeah, uh, that's another podcast again. But um, but the actual guitar was absolutely it was a dream to play. It was really nice. But I will say, oops, hit me, Mike. Um, I will say, I think that guitar was about three three and a half grand, um, and because it was a custom money, shop. And mm, yeah. I've got to be honest, my transacoustic is between eight and a grand now. I think they are, right. and you know, but feel wise, I'd be struggling to. Say well, there's right. you know two and a half grand's worth of difference there. That's a, that's sound wise another, another thing. Just amazing. That's mm. definitely another thing about Yamaha. They're they're always very playable. 
I used to find that with those guitars when I used to noodle on them in the shop. They, those trans acoustics were were really playable. They're not in an electric yeah, sense. The necks aren't like super skinny, but they were just the setup was always really good. The action was nice and playable, and yeah, great guitar. I, I, I great like guitars. a big fat neck though. I mean, I've, one of my favourite guitars is my um, uh, Brad Paisley Telecaster, and that's got a mm. honking huge, great big neck on it. Biggest yes. neck I've ever played. So I'm not scared of a big neck. I really like a big neck, although I've got small hands. Um, I, obviously, everything in my hands looks huge. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it's interesting. I was watching a, um, a video on James Taylor. He's been publishing loads of videos lately talking about his guitars, and he's got one electric, which is a, a Telecaster. It's a custom shop model. I watched model. it, yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. it's interesting, actually, because um, obviously I'm not sure if you've seen it, but uh, the neck on it is actually made to the, uh, the same spec as one is his, one of his Olsen acoustics. So it's a really wide neck oh, on wow. it. Oh, wow. Because only wow. he's only obviously just an acoustic player. So when he transitions mm. over to the electric, you know, for one of the one or two songs, there's nothing unfamiliar about it. You know, he can settle straight into it. And I thought that was really interesting, actually. So, you know, if you've got yeah. the money to spend on something custom like that, I think that's great. I think it's well, is it made by Seymour Duncan, isn't it? Or or something. He, he mentioned something about Seymour Duncan. Something like that. A, a this, yeah, he did have a Fender logo on it, so I, I don't know. Oh, what do you think about the um, um, talking about transitioning to acoustics? What do you think about the new, uh, although not new, probably not a couple of years? The you know the Fender Strat and Tele acoustics. You know that's got the pickup. I can't in there make up well. my mind. I can't think make up my mind. It's Acoustasonic, mm. isn't it? Um, mm. Mm. I, I can't make like up that, my yeah. mind on it. I don't like the. I'm not. I mean, that's all electronics, like isn't it? How the body looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a fan of the uh, the aesthetics of the body. Um, I just I like the strat. I don't. I've got to be honest. I think the red strat version just looks mm. amazing. I've never tried one. I've never played one. But I, I don't know. I think that could be. I mean, obviously you can't hear it that well. It's not an acoustic acoustic guitar, you know. Um, yeah. But I don't know. That could be the transition, couldn't it? If between electric and acoustic. I think it's so. a job of both. I think I think I probably need to just really settle in and get used to one to find a, a need for it. It's it's mm. a cool every now you get these products that come out that are like cool innovative products, but then when you actually think mm, where where's the application? I think uh, I've I think got I need one. Spend. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I I spent years and years touring with a, a John Denver show. Um, I thought and there was going to be a joke there. I thought you were going to say... Oh, no, 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 no. Paddling down um, the river or something like that. <laughs> 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 no, that's for that, that plastic Takamini Chris once oh, that Bon okay. Jovi okay. kicks around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the, the, I think, uh, like I said, I was, I, was, I was with that show for, for years and years. Um, and you'd, I played a little bit of electric on that show. It was mainly acoustic. Um mm. And I think that would have been perfect for that type of show. It's mainly acoustic that you're doing, but there are a few electric songs in there. Saves you taking another guitar. Great for yeah. doing flyouts instead of um, instead of shoving an acoustic and an electric in the hold of a plane. Mm. You know, which which we've done. Um, you know, you just got the one guitar, maybe gig bag over your shoulder, straight into the cabin. You know, I don't know. It's I well, like, we need I, to. I think I when, like we're up, when we're back on the road. We'll we'll do our <laughs> usual visits to guitar shops, and then we can go and we can go and check some out and see what we think. Yeah. That sounds yeah. sounds good. Yeah. So, uh, some so guitar Lee, what, judgment. What guitar are you uh, playing through today? Is ah. it, this is what you use on the show, isn't it? Yes, this is what I use on on the show. This is my uh, trusty Faith Venus high gloss model. Um, um, if you're not Venus. For those of you that aren't familiar with Faith guitars, they're well. It's a company that is sort of the the brainchild of of Patrick James Eggle, the English luthier. Uh, But they're now uh, in hand with a big UK distributor, Barnes & Mullins. And they're essentially, I believe they're Indonesian made, but they're they're built to a handmade standard. Um, So they feature a spec that you would find on a much, much higher end guitar, uh, but for a relatively affordable price. We're not talking thousands and thousands. We're talking hovering around the thousand pound mark instead of two or three but on paper the spec wise is com- uh, comparable to a two or three grand tailor and and in my time uh at music uh, in, in music retail I, we just found that they were consistently like really hard to beat to be honest we would have customers come in and we would do blind tests and time and time again the faith guitars would would win and so for me predominantly being an electric guitar player most of the work i do being electric based 
I'd love to spend thousands of pounds on an acoustic guitar, and one day I probably will. But for now, it was like I need a guitar that is of a standard that I enjoy when I play it, but is going to get the job done. And if I take it to a wedding, if I take it to a you know on the road with us, if I whatever, if I put a ding in it, I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna be in tears over it. But it needs it needs to be something that gives me that that vibe particularly with an acoustic you you connect with it and so if i i've got to enjoy playing it it's got to sound good but i but i also am realistic about price limitations and stuff so but having said that i i love it i've had this now for like three or four years it's served me really really well the only thing i would potentially do maybe is is uh change the pickup just swap it out for a bit of a change or upgrade it because you can you can get some really really decent pickups these days for not a lot of money that that give you that mic'd up sound that I guess we're all kind of looking for everybody wants their acoustic guitar when you plug it in to sound how it does when it's acoustic and that's a that's a big issue for anyone who plays live you might be really really happy with the sound of your guitar at home you take it live and you just lose a little something through the PA or or if you're recording with it but other than that it's um yeah, like I say, I love it. It's uh, it's a solid, an entirely solid wood construction, which is <coughs> kind of a kind of a thing that you look for in acoustic guitars. It's a yeah. solid rosewood back and sides. It's a spruce top. It has solid flamed maple binding, like all these little posh things. It's even got ebony tuners. Like the the peg heads are actually um, actually wooden. It's a rosewood ov- overlay on the headstock. Ebony fingerboard comes uh, strung at the time with elixir strings it's got the graftech tusk part so the nut and bridge are uh, sorry the nut and saddle a graftech i think even the bridge pins are graftech like really really high spec yeah. stuff but and all of that comes together to hopefully make a fairly decent sounding guitar and it's nice and playable as well it's not a not a super slim neck but it's not a really really chunky one it's it's just comfortable and it's that sort of tailor body size you know that sort of modern yeah cut yeah. away um it looks great it looks, it looks auditorium lovely. size yeah it's cool it looks like right. it needs a coat of paint <laughs> why because it's not sunburst <laughs> it's yeah it looks anemic oh come on it's a very it's a you, you're right it's a very light um it's a very light spruce top but what you don't ever get to see live is the back i don't know if you can see this oh yeah that's lovely isn't it Oh. I realise yeah, now we're we're on we're on a podcast, so this isn't going to look like much. But okay, so for anybody out there who wants this describing, uh, the front of it is a pale bit of wood, the back of it's a darker bit of wood. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the back of it is a lovely figured stripy piece of rosewood, and with it being real wood, not laminate, this is these are all different. So if you do check out the Faith range, <coughs> the back, as with a lot of these guitars that follow that sort of spruce top rosewood back and sides. The back is where a lot of the character is, so we used to go through them all and pick them out. And I, I, I got the uh, the rep at Barnes and Mullins to sort of flick through a, f- a few for me and send me some nice ones, and because the patterns really do vary quite, quite widely. So there we go. Yeah, Faith Venus, Very love nice. it. You're listening to the Guitar Heroes podcast. Chris, what are you playing? Um, well, this um, I'm using a. I've got a guild here. This is like a parlor size, I think, or stage size. I can't remember what you call it. It's quite small. Um, this is, um, I think this is um, within the time Fender bought Guild out, I think. Um, so this is from 2007. It's a Guild GAD uh, GAD um, F20E, I think. Uh, they don't, it's a discontinued model now. Uh, but a bit like yours Ali it has um a really high end spec to it like we got a bone nut and saddle um we got open grover tuners on the back um nice some nice tension we got um mahogany nice maple top um as well it's not a laminate top you can actually see the thickness of it with the binding and um yeah it's just just a nice just some nice wood um uh, I actually changed the uh, <laughs> nice wood. I actually changed out the. Uh, the We've got different ideas about that, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to paint mine as well, Phil? It's not quite as a neat. Oh, the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. It's. Well, I mean, you know, uh, I'm. I'm glad you like it and everything, and, and but it, it's. It, it's just. It just like doesn't excite you, does it? Boring, isn't it? I mean, things like that wash up on the beach all the time. <laughs> oh, <Phil. laughs> Do you not um, look? Do you not think that 
the uh, the acoustic guitar deserves some appreciation just simply for what it gives us because I think I'd be fair to say that a lot of a lot of the music that we love was probably written on acoustic guitars. Even these electric guitar mm. rock stars, a lot of them claim to have written their biggest hits on. A, I mean, look at like Brian Adams. He he literally says every single song written on acoustic guitar. He can remember which guitar it was, where he was sat when he recorded them. I just think. Yeah, but thankfully, he, thankfully, when you hear the song on a radio, he's played it on a strap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're going to win here, Lee. Um, no, no. <laughs> hey, listen, it's just my opinion, and everybody knows that doesn't really mean much anymore. So, um, <laughs> well, it, maybe it's, no. It's maybe we should transition into some players and some songs then, because there's yeah, bound to I be some acoustic players that you like, Phil. And you, you love country music. I mean, country I music. Tell you what, I, I was listening. Where to would uh, country be without the acoustic guitar? Of course, I was. I was li- yeah, watching uh, a Garth Brooks documentary on Netflix a couple of days ago, and I was thinking of you, Phil. I was like, oh, this is right up Phil Street. This is. Do you, know, do, do, do you you got to watch this, Chris? If you're if you watch the Garth Brooks documentary, um, I think it was in the nineties when Garth Brooks was in his heyday. I don't think you two were born then, were you? You might have been. <laughs> Late nineties, um, but <laughs> they, they, they had this. He had he was, he was he was a superstar. He was the biggest artist in the world. He was massive, and and there's a thing on. Uh, it was at Channel Four, I think it was, and it was a concert, and um, it, it's like a full on rock concert. He's got pyros going off. He swings out into the audience on the lighting cables, and the guy was a maniac. And the best part of that that show was where him and his guitar player get two acoustic guitars at the top of the stage and smash them up. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> it's the port uh, talking, Chris. He's, it is. He's on his it's third the port. bottle of port. Right, well, uh, let's get into a little bit of playing. Um, I asked um, you guys a couple of days ago, just uh, find one of your favourite acoustic riffs, uh, possibly an acoustic intro. I, lo- I love something about acoustic intros to a song for me is... Uh, really does it for me um, but obviously if there's anything acoustic bass that really inspires you um, to pick it up and play um, uh, I'll, I'll jump over to you Lee first I don't want this to die straight on its ass with Phil so uh. <laughs> <laughs> Phil goes <laughs> I was gonna go Actually, that's a good point, Phil. We talking about we, MTV, MTV Unplugged. MTV Unplugged. We we enjoyed that, Phil. You enjoyed that. We, come on. Yeah, I, I did. I did because it was a bit different. But you, you know, you've gone about these. Oh, it's unplugged. Is all this? You know what unplugged is, don't you? It means that they've run out of a budget to put on the tour, so they're just going to do it with acoustic guitars because they can't afford to put a big tour on. That's but I tell you, it, what, it forces you to forces you to be creative. Like um, I, I remember doing a gig, and we had the, we were asked to play "Sweet Child of Mine" acoustically, um, yeah. and then I was like, "Yeah, no problem. I know the song." You know, we jumped into it, and when when you get to the solo, I then thought, "What do I do? I, I can p- kind of bend on this this guitar. It's got that's one thing about this guitar. The scale length allows me to bend quite easily, but." Um, yeah, I got to the solo. It's like I, I have no idea what to do, and it forces you to have to really think differently because you haven't got the uh, flexibility of an electric, you know, um, you know, the mm. high range of frets and things. But I think yeah, the unplug stuff is is great because it forces you to uh, reevaluate your songs differently, and possibly, I mean, these are probably the way that they wrote them as well. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, like you were saying, Lee. Um, you know, I, I think a, a great song can stand on its own with an acoustic guitar and a vocal. Um, and I think these, those like those MTV unplugged performances or anything acoustic where they strip the songs down. I, I, I love I love hearing the songs like that. You know, maybe that's the way Brian they intended Adams them did to unplugged. be. Brian Adams did unplugged. years ago. I think it was um, early two thousands. He did um, Brian Adams did an unplugged thing, and he was playing this big guild, and it had a Bigsby on it. Oh wow! Amazing! Wow! Yeah, he never used it. I was dying for him to use it, and he never did. Probably because it had <laughs> just a snap or something. But yeah, but yeah, no, he had this Bigsby on this um, on this unplugged thing. So I found that interesting. We had a guy come in the shop once that had put his own Bigsby on his acoustic guitar. <laughs> oh no! Horrendous. <laughs> he needed to re- B&Q for some screws. <laughs> Honestly, he needed to like reinforce the bridge. <laughs> so much so because the top was just collapsing. He just got a big chunk of wood, like one of the legs off of a pallet, like a stacking pallet. <laughs> and he, wa- he thought, all right, if I put this inside the guitar under the bridge, that'll keep the bridge from collapsing Amazing. under the under the tension. Of course, he couldn't get it through the sound hole. So all he did 
was he cut a hole here, a massive <laughs> hole where, where the horn of your guitar is. He just cut a massive hole so he could slide this block in. Underneath. And oh then he came God. in saying, doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kid you not. I've probably got a picture of it somewhere. Oh my it was gosh. it was horrendous. Oh um, my God, brilliant, brilliant. So um so um, yeah. Um, so let me let me jump we? let me jump over to you, Lee. Uh, have okay. you got anything for us? Uh, uh, what's your favourite you know acoustic well, beer for or something? As soon as you said acoustic, I mean I don't know if it's my favourite, but it's the first one that came to mind, and it was the first song that I I can remember learning to play or, or attempting to play that was what I would describe as like properly acoustic because. You can play any old. You can strum your chords, which I'm sure we all did when we were learning. But there comes a point when you go, I'm going to try and learn this. And for me, it was. Uh, of course Blackbird. Blackbird Blackbird by the Beatles that yeah. that was like the first thing that was kind of finger I you didn't use a pick for it and there was some interesting little finger shapes that you had to make and rhythmic things and it's a great song I love it it's still it is one of my favorite songs it it's just the perfect example of what an acoustic guitar and a voice and a foot tapping I was actually playing it earlier and I had my mic and I was I was going like this I was going that's coming through at all but i was yeah i was I doing the tapping it. bit <laughs> but that the just amazing changes that i love it's that it. resonance between the open strings and everything combined like you don't get that with an electric guitar and no um but no you don't you, do yeah. it's, it's, it's when you uh you hear songs like that like it really takes me back to my childhood and uh and I'm like, yeah, I want to jump on an acoustic now and, and play. I think we've lost him. <laughs> yeah. He's gone. It is one of those songs that you can get <laughs> lost in because it's it's a loop. It just keeps going. It's yeah, just but obviously, like, what, yeah. what you're playing there is interesting because obviously you've got independence between uh, your thumb and your fingers. You've almost got like a, a bass part kind of moving with um, some melodies played with your fingers. Yeah, you I know, think that it was finger style approaches is really interesting. It it was the first song that for me had any uh, any kind of level of a what what would you say a, a sort of sophisticated approach to that harmony and melody, where where you really get a sense because it is literally just stripped down in many cases to two notes. You get that sense of how how moving a bass note can have an effect on the song yeah and up yeah. to that point it had just been power chords and open chords and as soon as i heard that i was like hmm it's almost like a an orchestration with a single guitar uh yeah and i love it i love it it's just one of those things that whenever i pick up a, pick up a guitar i often used to play that just to kind of settle in on a guitar and just kind of gauge how it would sound if it was a new guitar to me or i was trying a new acoustic i'd probably yeah yeah, that's a great song. Great, great yeah. choice, mate. Um, Phil, what, what, what about you? You're not going to shut me. You're not going to shoot you? us down, are you? <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right. Well, here's a tricky little dicky for you. This is um, played in the John Denver show for for year, years and years on end. Um, you realise what a good guitar John, good guitar player John Denver was. Um, he's, he was a, he's a, he was a great player. People just think he was this, you know geeky American bloke that just, you know, wailed on him, sat in his rocking chair talking about the sun rising and stuff like that. But he was actually a really clever guitar player. And one of the songs that we used to do was, was the intro was this. Nice. Which is like nice, quite a tricky yeah. little intro, is that? It's the way you yeah. got it. Yeah, it's quite a nice little one. So your, so your, your thumb there is alternating between like the E and the the D string, D, is it? Yeah, well, the the uh, the bot the low E's drop down to D, 
and then you okay. go. So you're doing the octaves. And that's, and that's constant, right? Whilst that's constant. Adding the melody on top. And then you're doing the melody. Yeah, doing the melody on top of that, which uh, John did a lot of a lot of his stuff was like that, and a lot of you know you yeah. you, you go you think you try you go to try play it, and then you think okay that's one thing, and then he goes and sings over the top of it as well. You know, I mean Chet Atkins yeah. was well known for that sort of playing, you know, the thumb style. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then you it, you know like I said, old Denver goes and sings on top of it as well, and it's, you realize just you don't know how clever he is till you try do it. No, I I'm trying to think uh, what uh, there's a term for this. It's uh, Travis picking, right? Um, I think it's the alternating bass thing with the thumb, fingers playing right. playing the melody. Um, right. Okay. I think that's an and that's an interesting point that shouldn't shouldn't be overlooked. What you just said there, Phil, the singing part of it, because mm. very often these songs we're we're discussing are presented as a singer songwriter type thing. So yeah. we're looking at the yeah, guitar, sure. but for me, like last week when. I briefly touched on Nick Drake and he's doing these amazing like five, four time signatures with funky little finger picking going on. And you think, oh, that's tricky enough just to get that. Then you throw the vocals mm. over the top. and It's like, what? Because mm. <laughs> what yeah. I mentioned earlier yeah. is that the guitar initially was, you know, um, it was traditionally, uh, you know, put across as a, an accompanying instrument. Mm. Um, but obviously later on it's become the forefront but I think it's just because um, you know melodies were so interesting back back then with a the folk explosion and um, and other artists that you know even you take away the vocals and there's that underlying acoustic melody running all the way through the song and it's mm. given a trajectory to the songs and uh, but now obviously you've got like more basic riffs like with Ed Sheeran. It's just they're just more simple chords and there's not really much of a, a chordal melody thing happening anymore. Even though the acoustic still is now the forefront of those songs, it's just very basic compared to those songs like, like with Blackbird. And, you Do know, you know what, Chris? You brought something up there. Can someone say cue the music? Cue the music. Come on, that was a bit lacklustre. Cue the yeah, music! <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like we're on a game that, show now. Like. Cue the music. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done it. This feels weird. I don't think I've ever done it. Uh, go on, Lee. You were really good at it. Go on, do it. Ladies and gentlemen, you've guessed it. It's time to cue the music. Phil's rent. Phil's rent. Okay, so the one thing that really sort of grinds my gears and um, really don't float my boat is, you know, when you, you, you get a band like the acoustic set, Let's let's do the acoustic set, you know. So um, mm. so it's basically, for example, Brian Adams. They'll just go. And you go, there's no thought gone into that at all. You know, why don't you think of something original, you know. Think yeah. You've got a song, Summer of 69, rearrange it. You know, if you're going to mm. do an acoustic version of it, rearrange it. Don't just do the same bloody song strummed, scratching the arse off an acoustic guitar. It's just, <laughs> that is just awful. It's the same you know? thing. Yeah, I actually, think I agree with you there. When I, I did, yeah. uh, when I did wedding gigs, we used to take songs like uh, just the two of us. We used to do old ballads, like um, even yeah. like sitting on the dock of the bay, rather than playing like a. I'd play like a. Yeah, yeah, and just yeah, make it sound exactly. a bit more, a bit more like an acoustic song, you know. Um, even exactly, just the two yeah. of us that. Yeah, you know, it definitely. just adds a bit of life rather than just strumming through something. And you know, that's what I like about the acoustic; it presents these challenges. You can't just really play through them, you know, strumming your way. I mean, that's absolutely fine. There are songs like "Free Falling" by Tom Petty, which is, you know, the song is strumming. Mm. you know yeah. but um uh but um talking about that i think uh yeah the song i i've i picked up today as you, as you guys know is a is a james taylor song uh, i'm a big fan of james taylor and this is a james taylor song uh called fire and rain and uh, i i heard this as a kid and just was kind of blown away i was like is there, is there two guitar parts happening in the song and you know but There's, you know, and that happens all the way through the song, um, the, as the vocal melodies come in, a bit like the John Denver song, as the mm. vocal melodies come in, the guitar's still running through with a lovely melody, and mm. you know, he's, I think he's a great example, a great example of sort of what I was talking about with Blackbird, yeah. where you've got that that orchestration happening just in the guitar part. It's, um, it's, it's, I saw it's an interview amazing. with him saying that he's he's 
you should ask his band, but he's quite a hard guy to play with because he there's so much going on. He writes his songs as a solo performer. Yeah, and so when uh, I you know then go to add keys yeah, and bass yeah. and rhythm guitar and stuff like that, it's sort of like, where do you want this, James? There's not, no. you haven't left much I space know. here. Yeah, I've watched all the interviews and Leland Scalar, the bass player, he um he has to follow James Taylor's parts because obviously yeah. James Taylor's bass lines they're very um unorthodox to what a bass player would play um mm. but there are, there are some straightforward songs like this there's one song in particular which took me a fair few months to get down is um copper line by james taylor this uh and then it goes into uh it then kind of goes into this kind of strumming thing so there's ha- hammer-ons happening on other strings as you're playing other strings um, yeah. So yeah, it's. Um, I've got an example confused. of that as well. Going back to yeah. John Denver, um, a, a song called Rocky Mountain High, which um, you can't oh, I can feel the Phil's melody. enthusiasm kicking up a little. Oh, bit it's here. got it's a smile on this podcast. <laughs> only just, that's the part. <laughs> so here we go. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. I love that. I love that kind of that bluegrass thing, you know. Yeah. I love all that. That's and that's this is that like Johnny Cash sort of thing. I've never actually learned any Johnny Cash stuff, but I know that I walk the line and. Uh, I love all that. That's just so so cool. There's so many different, just like electric guitar. There's so many different genres and styles, and the 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 strumming stuff works really well in in some context I, I love in rock music when you get um an acoustic guitar that's blended into an electric guitar that's one of my favorite things ever and if i was producing an album or, or recording some stuff that was predominantly electric bass on the rhythm parts i definitely blend in acoustic guitar i love it when you get yeah. that it's just the texture you get the uh just the stringiness that comes through of some big open chords big kind of rocky chords yeah you've got the meat from the uh the electric guitar but you've got that that percussiveness from the from bon jovi's one for doing that actually isn't he is it yes. um yes uh i forgot what the name is something to do with the town da, 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 da. No, i don't know what it goes like i don't know why i did that but um it, yeah he, he's got the acoustic driving all the way through it with the guitar um, going this, um, yeah, yeah. yeah that happens with the acoustic and the electric at the same time mm. um, yeah yeah but, but, you know, acoustic guitars really changed later on. Obviously, we got um, from the MTV stuff, you know, um, not too long after that, we had guys like John Mayer come through. And um, I was learning today. I was This is one of my riffs I was going to use, but James Taylor is really close to my heart. So, um, But there's uh, this song called Neon, which is um, oh, quite nice. I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to do that. But, uh, yeah. but you my, uh, I've learned it, yeah. Uh, but my, um, my acoustic's tuned down to D, so I've had to drop the, the E string down to D. Uh, down a whole step, so it's really <laughs> yes. hasn't got their integrity yeah. right now. But this, uh... uh, my strings are so loose here, but it's it's tough. Yeah, my strings can't can't hold that tuning. It's they're too low, but but you know. I can't. I can't describe the style of that. There's like a melody. There's bass movements. It's percussive. John's acoustic stuff is is some of his best. It, uh, he would definitely be a nomination for me for a, for a modern acoustic player. Someone that is like yeah making massive pop songs, but watching play acoustic guitar. And it's he's the opening to um, where the light is. The live the live concert. I would recommend anyone go and listen to that. It's incredible. Uh, the it's concert got as a whole. <laughs> the concert as a whole with the acoustic, the, the yeah. trio uh, and, and the full band. But the acoustic bit at the beginning just where he comes out and does oh. neon and it's like, man. I, I always like that. that if you've heard. Uh, is that something like Olivia? I think um, Queen of California. Queen of California. Same album, uh, he's isn't got it? So, and, and of course... Oh. Stop this train! Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but do you know what's like, do you know what's interesting? He's 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 referred back to these old artists like from this uh, from the sixties where, or even like even like the Beatles as well, where they would start a song uh, with the riff. The intro yeah. would be the main riff to the song, 
and it would continue into the verse where the vocals were coming in. He's able to maintain something like that neon riff or stop that tra- stop this train and keep the vocals going. And it's just that the neon riff is quite a tough one to play. And oh, I yeah. don't think I could sing and play that. Actually, it's um, it'll take no. some work, I think. And but you know, he's writing it, which for me is like, yeah. He's something else, you know. Um, and I know he favours his acoustic just as much as the uh, the electric, doesn't he? And I always yeah, fast forward on that concert. I go straight to the Pino Palladino bit. Straight to the credits at the end. <laughs> and then I flick over to watch <laughs> Winter Watch. <laughs> I go, oh, it's the, it's, the <laughs> it's the acoustic section now. Let's get to the bit with the three-piece band. That's the best one. <laughs> uh, I, I, okay, I'll tell you what, Phil. One thing that I like to do... I like to tune explore other tunes. Yeah. I often do this on the acoustic guitar far more than I would on the electric. Go into dadgad and you, you drop D and do you not find that sort of thing interesting? Um I I've got to be <laughs> I, the acoustic I, no, is boring. In all seriousness, I never get the time these days to fiddle with guitars. I don't get no. the time. No. I wish That's I fair wish enough. I did. That's fair enough. I wish yeah, I did, yeah. um, you know. Um, but yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. You know, it, it is easy just to do that, isn't it? It's, you know, but no you know, effects, it simplifies you don't, it. It's you don't need to plug it in. When you're at home, you could just pick yeah. it off the wall. Maybe uh, leave your acoustic in, in the lounge or something, you know. And if you get, you know, 10 minutes, maybe just pick it up and have a little noodle. It might, you know. Well, we've got one upstairs. We've got, um, in oh, fact, Jay's actually got, um, she's got the white penguin acoustic, which is like the matching acoustic to my white falcon um mm. and we never play it <laughs> <laughs> one of my ambitions one day oh right if i could be anything as a, it's it's weird really but if i could be anything as a guitar player when i'm old it would be a really good spanish guitar player because mm. that's if i think of like my favorite guitar sounds i spend my life playing rock and blues and pop and folk yeah but for me the sound that kind of hits me the most is uh is taking it way back to like the the spanish stuff and the flamenco i don't laugh but literally my favorite band is the gypsy kings mate they're, they're incredible <laughs> yeah, i tell yeah. you that guitar stuff is is in something else and i tell you what you would really enjoy lee if you like that is uh there's an album i uh i, I can't remember what it's called um but it's got john mclaughlin aldi miola and um paco de lucia yeah, yeah, uh, flamenco guitar I love players. Aldi Miola is like a he, he picks. You know, he's I've got, probably heard it. I've heard a lot of that. Uh, stuff, but there's there's it? a song called Mediterranean Sundance, which I learned years. I've ago. I've heard it. That. I've heard it's it. That, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, if I get this on. Yes. And then it does this. Um, yeah. That's it. Then it does this. And then does into that, but I I can't I play. Like, I'm so out of practice. But that stuff is there's this particular strumming technique. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, so hard to do. You have to take your middle finger down with the middle finger, down with a thumb, and then up with a thumb. The down I, down. I've, I've watched so many videos on it, and I haven't got it yet. But one day I, man, I will get there. Uh, when yeah. I say my favorite band, I mean that that is the music I turn to. Weirdly weirdly the most or if i need a pick me up or if particularly over the last year while we've all been going through lockdown and this whole covid experience mm-hmm. i listened to it so much in the summer when i was out trying to do some running and exercise and just dealing with the endless days of isolation and uh, i found that music i can't help but feel happy i cannot help but feel uh, relaxed and kind Does of it make you want to cook fajitas it just it just taps into something. I I as far as I know, I have no kind of Spanish or Latin American heritage heritage, but it, it just taps into something that I never get bored of it. I love all of those songs. Um I've recently acquired Gypsy Kings on vinyl, so now we're experiencing that, okay. which is just awesome. Yeah. Uh I actually saw that they're hopefully playing a, a gig this year in or later in the year in London if it's allowed to go ahead and I would definitely go and see them. I just don't I just invite love me. It. <laughs> no, actually, me, you, you, know, should, you uh, joke, Chris, about me playing that. But those sounds—that's what I dream of. One day, sitting on a porch and just having a, a nylon-strung guitar, some big-ass long nails, and just being able to do all that—you know—completely mm-hmm. unaccompanied and sound like an orchestra. 
I've got some in the shed. You can have them for free if you want them. <laughs> no, uh, you, you guys should check out um, a YouTube video that me and Jay did when we were in lockdown 14, I think it was, earlier this okay. year. Um, we did a, we did a, it's a Gloria Estefan song and um, it's called Steal Your Heart and it's a flamenco song. Oh. And I used, um, it's a Yamaha uh, NCX1 I, I bought. Uh, right. so I, I only bought, I bought it for this song. <laughs> it's crazy. But, um, yeah, go check that out. It's um, it's it's on it's on my YouTube channel. That's I, I'm actually I think I'm playing something I can't, I can't remember now, but something like five or six guitar parts on it, and I'm oh, even cool. using it as as a bass drum and a snare drum as well. And I turned the guitar the other way up, mm. um, and I, and I'm and I'm hitting the back of the guitar with a mic on it, and it sounds like a bass drum. Oh wow, and that's that's quite yeah. Go check that out. It's quite oh, I definitely one, have to. Yeah, that's one of the things with acoustic. You know, you could hit a chord. I'm just going to put it up to the mic and ah, I couldn't even do it. <laughs> you, you could put it to the mic and spin it, and you get these really cool sound wave effects. And no, you can't do that with an electric feel. Have you? Uh, you must have seen um, Rodrigo and Gabriella. <laughs> have you seen? You seen those guys? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, where they yeah. they play each other's guitars, don't they? They're like got P- hands all over the place. Particularly Gabriella, like her, she does that that gypsy rumba thing where a hand is just a blur of fingers It's like and a Tamakan, the, the song Tamakan is great. Oh, man. Yeah. With, with the percussive hits in there, it's like, <gasps> I, I literally hear five seconds of that and I'm just like, I'm fixated on it and I'll just yeah. listen to it's that for another week now. It's so precise, isn't it? You know, like, it's so in time. And Do you know what I think it is that I, I think that intrigues me about it is the, the kind of classical guitar world and the, the Spanish guitar world is... Um, is is so different and so kind of alien to most of us that play in a rock and pop context that it's it's really nice to 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 hear guitar playing that kind of confuses you a bit and and gives you that sense of something that is mysterious and you know like even if you hear a guitar player that is far more advanced than you but if he's playing some some licks or blazing through some runs and stuff like that it's kind of you know it's impressive but it's it's he's talking the same language. But when you hear people play in that style, maybe that's what does it for me. That it's like I am a bit like hearing the someone play the banjo or the mandolin. It's like it's a string instrument. I should understand what's going on there, but I'm not even going to attempt to go there. But I I think I think what it is as well. They can just sit there and play play through a song, mm. you know. But if we we sat there with uh, an electric, all you do is noodle really or, or play it, some yeah. riffs, you know. Uh, whereas you know. If you go to like, you know, I don't know, family dinner or something, you're hanging out and everyone gets around the fire in the evening, they're like, oh, can you play some songs? And they, no one wants to sing. They just want to hear some guitar music. It's like, what do you play? Exactly. I like, uh, no, they're not going <laughs> to want that, you know. It's just <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? You are, you are exactly right, Chris, and, and you've hit the nail on the head. That, that's what it is. I want to achieve in my later life being able to just play unaccompanied and just and have it sound complete have it sound full not yeah. not being playing parts of a song that require other musicians and maybe that's what it is about those players that's just like yep that's job done yeah, i think that's what it's job always done. done for me but one person that i need to mention who who does that is not in that style at all but uh, probably my favorite acoustic player uh, a guy called martin simpson english kind of folk player you need to look him up if you, is if that Martin with a, with, stuff. with a with a Y, or is that uh... no no Martin Simpson spelled exactly as you think you'd spell Martin Simpson? Um, he, he I came across him. I've probably been into his stuff for for ten plus years now, and I vividly remember the first time I heard him. It was the only guitar tone, acoustic guitar tone that I'd ever heard over the radio that instantly made me stop and just need to look up who it was. And it was on a drive home from a gig, and I all he did was was something like. It was like just a real simple intro, and I was just like, "What is that?" It was the best acoustic guitar sound. It turns out then that he's this amazing English folk uh, player, plays in all different open tunings. He can play the banjo, and he just has his own thing, uh, a unique character to his voice. Character to his voice, and what I really like about him is, although he's English and his music is kind of steeped in English traditions, he also lived. 
um, many years in the States. So his his records, when he puts them out, are normally drawing on either English heritage or American heritage. And I really love the whole Americana side of things. It's kind of steeped in the tradition of, you know, the Delta blues, but told in this more folky kind of way. Um, and I went, to, I went to see him live a few years back and he was equally as impressive live and the, and the guitar. So he, you might have seen him on the PRS videos because these days he's actually endorsed by, by PRS and uses um, one of their like super high-end right. signature model PRSs. But if, uh, if you need a recommendation, check out Martin Simpson and in, in particular yeah. my favourite album is Righteousness. Righteousness and Humidity was the album that probably just my favorite because it was the first one that I got and um as such I've spent the most time with it but yeah check him out check him out so well there you go that's um that's our insight into acoustic guitar what we use on the show and and how much Phil finds it boring um <laughs> I, th- actually, I think we've turned him a little gone. bit <laughs> yeah. for the listeners He's Phil's gone we're just staring at a, a blank third screen on <laughs> Zoom <laughs> the lights are off and he's gone to watch Badgers <laughs> well hopefully Phil uh, talking about it's maybe mm, yeah. uh, maybe made you want to maybe pick it up again and uh, maybe find out find a new enjoyment in it I think uh, okay yeah that should okay. be our challenge moving forward Chris over the over yep. the next year or two we need to we need to get Phil excited about something yes. acoustic yeah okay uh lee okay. do you want to uh jump on socials yes you know, you've got okay. them you got down um, to a t now let's see if i can remember uh to find us on instagram you can search for phil walker guitar chris anthony guitar and lee troy guitar you can find us on facebook it's phil walker guitarist chris anthony guitar and lee williams guitarist you can find the guitar show the story of guitar heroes by searching that on instagram and facebook head to the website it's www.storyguitarheroes.com and if you want to check out those videos head over to phil walker guitarist on youtube and that video that you mentioned phil is that on your youtube or on, is it on jay's both. Yeah, both. it's on both. Okay. Yeah. So my YouTube channel and Jay's. Yeah, called cool. Steal Your Heart. We'll check well, that out. Thank you very much for everyone listening. Um next week we have in the hot seat Mr Mr. Walker. Mr. Phil Walker. Isn't he? Yes. I think it is, yeah. <laughs> well, again. I thought it was you, yeah. Lee. Well I think wasn't wasn't my week last week, the sixties week i don't know oh. we'll we had we had a bit of a muddle up didn't we? oh it's juggle around i think as well we wanted to do a desert island uh riff special and i think yeah that's did least, you not that's did you not seem do you not remember my notes from last week phil <laughs> yeah i no, i i obviously i'm paying so much attention to these podcasts i just thought <laughs> that was like that was like a special that we all did and i didn't realize that um i didn't realize that was your your hot seat Lee. i didn't realize we'll, we'll have we'll a have special. a chat we'll have a chat off air and we'll come up with something uh Equally entertaining yeah. for next week, no doubt. Okay. Oh, God, yeah, if it's equally entertaining, I can't bloody wait. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. Yeah, see you later. See you next week. Bye-bye. I enjoyed Thanks myself, really. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> I actually quite like acoustic guitars, especially the ones that have got flat backs. Great for cutting cheese on.